Welcome to the Line Life Podcast. We're bringing you stories of the grit, courage, and inspirational teamwork that it takes to be a line worker. And for our August 2023 episode, we're highlighting Light Up Navajo, a humanitarian project which launched in 2019. Line workers from across the country have volunteered to provide first-time electricity to the homes on the Navajo Nation, a 27,000 square mile region spanning parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. Our guest for this episode is volunteer line worker Dean Frischoltz, Section Supervisor for Salt River Project. This episode is sponsored by Husky Tools. Husky Tools has the most complete power utility solutions in the industry. For over 45 years, we've built the safest, toughest, most durable, and dependable high-performance utility linemen, tools, and equipment in the industry. Husky Tools, built for everything that's on the line. Check us out at huskytools.com. Welcome to the Line Life Podcast. My name is Amy Fishbach, and I'm the field editor for T&D World Magazine. Today, I'm talking with section supervisor and journeyman line worker, Dean Freshholtz from Salt River Project about the Lighting Up Navajo Nation Volunteer Project. Dean, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. First of all, can you talk about your background? How long have you been with SRP and what is your title and some of your daily responsibilities? Um, yeah. So my background is I'm a journeyman lineman. I've been working at Salt River Project for the last 23 years as a lineman working foreman and currently as a section supervisor for the last nine years. My daily responsibilities, I have our Intech battle or pole replacement crews that report to me. So I work with them on a daily basis in order to get some of our bad order poles replaced. And Dean, what inspired you to go into the line trade? I got into the line trade probably close to 30 years ago. I was worked construction when I got out of high school and heard about line work. And so became a trades helper, kind of fell in love with it, and then progressed it through the apprenticeship and became a journey to lineman. Wonderful. And now I'd like to move on to the Light Up Navajo project. Can you talk about how it helps to provide electricity to homes on Navajo Nation and a little bit about the history of the program? Well, I can talk about my part of it. I don't have a lot of the history. I think that would have to be through NTUA because it is a very large program. It's actually, they've been doing it, this is the fourth year. So this is Light Up 4 that we did this year. Light Up 1 which was four years ago. I know SRP sent crews up there. I was not part of that first group that had gone up there. They went up there, I believe, for two crews each for three weeks. And then Light Up Navajo 2 was actually postponed due to COVID. The Navajo Nation was hit really hard by COVID-19. And so they had closed it off to having people leave and come into the Navajo Nation. So Light Up Navajo 2 was participated only by the NTUA crews, the Navajo Tribal Authority utility up there. And then I know SRP returned going back up there for Light Up 3 last year and Light Up Navajo 4 this year. And the program is going to be very long extended. Probably going to be something that's going to be going on for the next 10, 12 years of planning on sending crews up there every year. And how did you learn about the opportunity to volunteer with the project and what drove you to sign up for it? This happened through the, the APPA. So they're kind of the key sponsor for this. And sort of a project is a member of the APPA. So it came through our senior leadership team. 
And they had brought it down to say anybody who'd be interested in going up there. Here at Salt River Project, I work in the distribution line maintenance. So our responsibilities here are to repair damaged things. So like a car hit broken pole, switches, any of our monsoon storms where we lose a lot of power poles. That's all based out of our distribution maintenance group that I'm part of. So when it came down as a request to go help, what they're actually calling Light Up Navajo Nation is mutual assistance without the storm. So a mutual assistance call is where utilities help other utilities. So when we have a big storm or hurricane comes down, then a call goes out for other utilities that weren't affected to help the areas that are effective and called mutual assistance. We've been doing that for as long as I can remember. And it happens all across this country. On the Light Up Navajo Nation project, they're calling that mutual assistance without the storm. So there's no storm that knocked all the poles down that we're going to put back up. It's mutual assistance because other utilities are coming to help to build power lines for the first time. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a neat way to think about it. And the volunteer project, you built six miles of power line. Your crew set 104 poles and strung more than 63,000 feet of wire over the course of three weeks. Can you talk about what it was like being part of that? I'd say it was very enjoyable. I work here, you know, it's all over project. Majority of our work is in the metropolitan area. So we're in the middle of cities with lane closures, traffic control plans, Everything's quite congested where everything we're working and going up to that light up Navajo was really nice because there was, it was in the wide open countryside. So you were on dirt roads and building power lines, you know, straight lines without running angles and buck arms and three pot banks and everything. So it's kind of nice just to go out there and back to the kind of grassroots of just building a straight power line. Yeah, but that was beautiful out there. And how did you overcome the challenge of working with sandy terrain? I heard that your crews used a bulldozer to pull line trucks with trailers. So talk a little bit about that process of working with the sandy terrain. I was up there last year and we had worked through some difficult terrain, not as bad, not as much sand as we have this year. But so a couple of lessons learned from last year, when we went up there this time, we took only six by six trucks, which are four wheel drive boom and bucket trucks. So all the trucks we took up there had four-wheel drive applications. We have very few trucks at SRP that are actually four-wheel drive because we work in the city most of the time. So we actually procured our four-wheel drive or six-by-six line trucks to go up there because we knew we were going to have some difficult conditions. And they worked quite well up there. There were a couple of the projects that was just way too much sand that our, our trucks couldn't go through with pulling trailers. So NTUA had supplied a bulldozer with us so we could hook pulling ropes up to that bulldozer to help pull our trucks through some of the most sandy parts of the job. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to do it. And what were some of the other challenges on this volunteer project and how did you overcome them? A couple of the bigger challenges that we came across is working in Phoenix, Arizona, we're used to heat. That's what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. But uh, up on the Navajo Nation, they're more of a four-season type of uh, atmosphere up there. So a couple of the days, um, the lows were in the 20s and the highs was 30 degrees. We're not used to working in cold temperatures like that. So it doesn't quite get that cold here. So the cold was a little unique for us and also the windy conditions. 
up there, the, the weather changes quite rapidly. And, you know, when you're out in, you know, 28 degree temperatures and wind blowing 50 miles an hour, it adds wind chill and stuff that we're not used to. That sounds like Kansas City weather. <laughs> That's yeah. how it is here. So, Dean, how far is the Navajo Nation from where you usually work, your service territory? It's about a three and a half hour drive um, due north. What are some of your favorite memories from the project? My favorite memories is just the people. You know, I not only got to work with, with journeyman linemen from NTUA, which was kind of nice. You know, people work for other utilities and, you know, work side by side with them and their supervisors and managers, but also the people who lived up on the Navajo Nation. So you got to interact with people who didn't have power before and you're bringing them power for the first time. A good percentage of them were at home when we were actually able to to plug the meter in and turn on lights for the first time. Yeah, but that was very rewarding. Yeah, we had actually brought light bulbs up with us. And again, this was learned from being up there last year, is someone who's never had electricity before and their house has been wired. And, and then we bring in that power line and we set that meter and give them power for the first time. They're like, I didn't even think about it. I need light bulbs. So we actually had brought a couple of cases of light bulbs with us so we could screw it in so we could see the power come on for the first time. Oh, that's great. I wouldn't even have thought about that, but they would have no need for those before, right? To have light bulbs. Yeah. So how were they lighting their homes before they had the electricity? Most of them with generators or kerosene lamps. Okay, perfect. And how was this year different than last year? So I heard that last year you energized a few homes in one day, and this time you brought electricity to 10 homes. So this year, compared to previous years we had been there, was a little more remote. You know, last year we were doing a little smaller projects where we could set one or two poles, hang a transformer, pick up a customer. And we could do two or three of those a day, you know, during the course of a single day. This year be a little more in the remote areas where you would have to build a mile of line, you know, so you would have to dig frame and set, you know, 13, 14 poles, pull all that wire in, hang one can and have one house at the end. So it's a little more remote, a little more traveling involved for driving. What were the reactions of the homeowners to the volunteer project? Like when that light bulb went off for the first time, what was that like for you to witness that? And for the homeowners? They were very excited, you know, to have power. It made me feel great. Kind of what I, I relate it to is it felt like a humanitarian effort in our own backyard. You know, I didn't even realize before I had volunteered to go up to this, I never even processed that there was people living in the state of Arizona in 2023 who did not have electricity. Mm -hmm. that, that was kind of news to me. And then when I got up there and actually saw it, I was, I was amazed. I bet. And where did you stay during the volunteer project and how were meals arranged? We stayed at a hotel around Page area. And then, so the meals were, um, NTA did a great job of, they would supply us with lunch. So typically we would, you know, grab something at the hotel in the morning for breakfast, head out to the job. And then during the course of the day, the NTUA would actually deliver lunch to our job site. So we would break down and have lunch. And then we'd work the rest of the day, head back to the hotel and grab dinner that night. And Dean, did you have the line workers who typically work with you? Were they with you on this project or were you working with different crews from SRP on this job? It was a mix. 
Some of the crews actually reported to me on a weekly basis, and some of them did not, but they were all out of our distribution line maintenance team, and I'm intimately familiar with all those guys. I've worked with them at different points in my career here, so I knew all of them on a first-name basis. So we had kind of put all the volunteers together and made crews. And then how many line workers did you have total from SRP on this year's project? So we had, let's see, 11, 11 people, one supervisor, um, working foreman, three linemen, an operator, and a mechanic. Okay. And you joined line workers from 26 utilities on the project. And you had mentioned it was kind of like mutual aid without the storm. What was it like to work side by side with the other companies on this project? Well, we never really worked side by side with other utilities. The Navajo Nation is a very large area. It encompasses a lot of miles. So as the crews come in to help out with Light Up Navajo, then they put them in different districts. So we were kind of in the, uh, the Tuba City area out of that district and worked some of the uh, surrounding areas. They call it a Tonalia, a Copper Mine, The Gap. Lachi. So we all kind of worked in those type of little communities. And then the other utilities would work in a different, a different area, kind of like uh, by Chinle or by mini farms or a different location. And then it's all broke up over, I believe it's three or four months long. And so they bring crews in at a week to two weeks at a time over that whole course of the period. So there's only maybe five or six crews there for that week, but they're all in different areas. Okay. No, that makes sense. But there's still a lot more to be done, it sounds like. A a lot. Yes. There'll be years of doing this. Okay. And talk about what SRP donated to the project in terms of manpower and resources. You talked a little bit about the manpower. What about the equipment that you brought with you? So, yeah. So when we go up there, again, we bring the you know, the journeyman linemen and the crews to actually do the work. And then we bring our boom truck, our bucket truck, um, utility truck, um, hole digger, and and our mechanic brings his truck to keep repairs on the vehicles. Um, We also bring a wire trailer and pole trailer to transport material while we're up there. And what is SRP's goal for the volunteer program? The goal, I guess the long-term goal is to continue supporting it. Like I said, uh, the, there's no plans in the future for this to stop. As I see from the numbers, we'll probably be doing this the next 10 years. So every year we'll put out that request again for volunteers and we'll load up probably the same or different personnel to go back up there and be probably heading up there every year for the next 10 years. And did you do have to do any special training to work on Navajo Nation or get any special clearances or anything like that to be part of this volunteer project? Well, part of the initial, when we do, when we do start up there, they have the initial onboarding where we go over. And so we do do some cultural sensitivity training over working on the, the Navajo Nation. They do talk about some of the vegetation and the artifacts along those lines. Uh, so we do that before we can actually start working up there. And then within internal the SRP, we do a lot of that here ourselves and our back home. So all of our crews are actually certified in cultural sensitivity areas. 
And then what did you learn from being involved in the Light Up Navajo project? Like I said, I kind of touched on this is, is the first time I had gone up there, just amazed that there are people living in 2023 in the state of Arizona who didn't have power uh, and how many of them there are. Um, that really surprised me. I did not realize that was happening out there. So that's the biggest thing that I learned about it. Do you have any other comments about the volunteer project and SRP's role in it? SRP um, does a lot of community outreach projects everywhere. Here in the Valley, where we're from in Phoenix, we have a whole team of community outreach and we donate time as a company to, to all kinds of projects and resources locally. And it was just kind of nice. This was the one time when you actually could reach outside of your immediate area to actually give some other assistance. So SRP is big on always helping out any way they can. That's wonderful. Well, Dean, thank you so much for your time and for volunteering for this project and bringing light and power to the Navajo Nation. Awesome. Thank you for your time also. You have a great day. Husky Tools has the widest selection of line worker tools and equipment across every essential utility category. Born and raised in Chicago, Husky features the largest assortment of hydraulic cutting and compression tools powered by the industry's most powerful battery platforms. Husky Tools, line worker proven and utility approved since 1976. See us at huskytools.com and mention this podcast and we'll throw you a new Husky Tools shirt. This episode of the Line Life podcast was written, recorded, and edited by Amy Fishbach. It was produced by Jeff Polstoy. That's me. To listen to past episodes, visit www.tdworld.com backslash podcasts or find us on Spotify. You can also drop us a voice memo or message at linelifepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com with your comments on this episode. Please follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to be updated on when new episodes are released. Head to the show description to see where you can find us on social media. Thanks for listening to the Line Life Podcast.